Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. I rock the Crocs. I'm not ashamed of that at all. My 29-year-old nerdy daughter said they're back in style, so I'm good to go. But she's 29 and she's nerdy. 230 pounds for all free, that's fantastic. You know, we're like one of the biggest giving churches throughout the history, our history there. And uh, in case you don't know what 230 pounds looks like, this is what it looks like right here. (laughs) Right here. That's how much food you guys gave. It's about this much right here. About this much right here. (laughs) I really like to fish. Uh, And over the next few weeks, you're going to hear some of my fish stories because we're in a new series called Fish Stories, and I promise there will be no exaggerations about my fish stories. Um, Loving the fish was passed down to me by my grandfather. Um, I am the 22nd of 22 grandchildren in the family, so I was the youngest. And when you're young, and um, you always think of, I just was thinking about this, what are the things I remember about my grandfather? And I remember about my grandfather is fishing, and I wanted to go fishing with him, so... We would all gather, California, Arizona, all the families would come together, typically like at Lake Havasu, uh, every year or two, and everybody would bring the ski boats, and we'd get up early in the morning, and so my grandfather was teaching me how to fish, and I had, or I don't know if he gave it to me or I bought it, a Ronco's Pocket Fisherman. Anybody remember the Ronco Pocket Fisherman? It was like this little, it was about this big, and you just unfolded it. And then you just threw out the line, and it was like a little handle here, and you could reel it. So it's like this compact fishing thing. So he taught me how to cast out. So I was out, you know, casting out, not in the water, just out in the dirt, trying to figure this thing out. How do you throw it? Uh, I don't remember what age I was, but I was young, and all of a sudden it got stuck on a weed or something like that. So I, like, pulled and pulled, and it was bending, and I finally got this snack off. And true story. It came back, and boom, nailed me right here, right in the lip. And it stuck in my lip. So I was the first fish I ever caught. (laughs) And it was about (laughs) this big. I don't know, about this big at the time, right? And now I'm like a whale. (laughs) I'm no longer a fish. Um, Just really. Or maybe I'm a great white shark. Or a gray white shark. Maybe that's what I am. <laughs> I've never turned in. But um, I loved fishing and, and because of my grandfather. I had the opportunity. I remember, how many of you remember Pastor Allen, Pastor Tim, and Pastor Jason? They were on our staff. So we, took, we went to Mexico one time, and I was taking them ocean fishing. And it was the first time that Tim and Allen had ever been ocean fishing. And we caught... In four hours in Rocky Point, we caught 138 fish. That's how crazy it was. Well, let me say this. Jason and I caught 138 fish because the sea was angry, my friend, like an old man trying to return soup at a deli. It was angry. And um, we had a little bit of help because Tim and Alan were chumming the water for us as we were fishing. You know, what chumming, you know what chumming is? That's when you throw out food on the water to get the fish to come, and then you try to catch them. They were, they were chumming the water. We nicknamed them Up 
and Chuck. This is up, and this is Chuck, <laughs> Ralph, and Bartholomew. Um, yeah, they were, we, were, we were fishing, and they were chumming the whole time. And so it was great. We caught a lot of fish. And uh, we were going to go back to Rocky Point, and Tim said, uh, no, I will, no fishing for me. I'll never fish again. I don't want to do that. And he sent me a text yesterday. Tim did. He's uh, become a grandfather for the first time. So he sent me a text, his little granddaughter, how excited he was. Um, Rhino, remember Rhino? Uh, had a little baby girl. He and his wife had a baby girl. So the reason the fish stories we're going to have um, is simply this. To follow Jesus means to fish. It's that simple. To fish for men. And deciding to follow after Jesus is making a decision to use your life and your influence to direct others to him. And simply put, to follow is to fish. And if you hear that and you've been to church any amount of time in your life, you probably have this gut reaction to this immediately, like, ah, like Tim did. I don't ever want to go fishing again. Because Pastor Lloyd's going to ask me to go door to door and pass out like little flyers to people or... Today at the Cardinals game, he's, gonna, he's already got a poster made up. I've got to put the John 3.16 thing up in the crowd, or I have to go downtown to the corner and yell at people. And we've all seen abuse that people have done when they're thinking they're you know, out there. Um, and in fact, recently, which grieved my spirit, it seems like the church, not deservedly sometimes, but deservedly sometimes, have a pretty rough reputation that um, we've... We've rather attacked people or other, other political ideologies instead of representing Jesus to the world, that we've become more concerned with hunting than we have fishing, if I can put it simply that way. And um, there's a pushback against it, and I'm glad there is. But we need to get back to fishing. And there's two reasons we chose the word streams as the name of our church. The first reason is our mother church who planted us was Living Streams. They're now located at Glendale and Central Avenue. And uh, for almost a year, we prepared to send out our team. So 45 people, that was including kids, I think probably about 12 or 13 families maybe, um, came out to the West Valley, or they lived out in the West Valley, and we started a church. And we started meeting in a home, and they gave us um, a love offering. We got $40,000 in this offering uh, to plant this church. If you guys are, anybody's a baseball fan, remember Todd Stoudemire pitched for the Diamondbacks? He was a friend of mine back then. He gave us $10,000 towards starting this church. And so that's one of the reasons we're called Streams, um, because of, of Living Streams. The second reason is the scripture found in John chapter 7:38 says this, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And this is one of the statements we make. It's one of our core values for our movement. It says this, streams are beautiful natural points of entry into the flow of life. They display, they display the beauty of God's creation to all who venture near. They're life-giving yet natural. And we believe that every person that calls streams their home is an entry point for others into the flow of life that only God can give. Anyone notice all the new houses going around up this church, around this church? 
Um, I asked the pastor before we bought this property, of course it was all desert across from the, uh, the ravine over here, like what he thought about us buying this church because the church before us had not made it and he's been around the West Valley for a long time. He's known the pastor before this pastor and he said, Lloyd, I wouldn't buy that church. There's no way. Like that church is, is in the middle of nowhere and there's no reason to buy that church. I don't think it's a good move for you. And then two hours later, he called me back. He said, you know what? I was thinking about this, and I was praying about this, and if anybody can do it there, streams can do it there. And I take back what I said. I think you guys can make it there. I think you can do what the Lord's asking you to do in that church. And now we sit here in the midst of an entire community building up around us of houses and new people, and um, we, we love our influence that we've had and the people that come from Luke. And I happen to believe this with all my heart, that it was divine 10 years ago, 11 years ago that God placed us in this building for such a time as this. Um, I think when God looked at this building that it might open up, he said, who's going to be the living stream in this valley for this area? And he chose us, and he fulfilled his purpose and his mission in this church, and he's continuing to do that. There was an offer on the table for this church, this property, $350,000 more than we got it for. And to their credit, the church leaving said no. They were going to wipe it out and turning it into a school is what they were going to do. They are going to take out the whole church building. And the church leaving here said no. We believe a church should stay in this building and in this place. And so they, they lost, three, not lost, but they gave up $350,000 for us to have this place. And we must then take it seriously that to follow after Jesus that this streams church is to fish. Um, when Jesus was recruiting his band of brothers, <coughs> excuse me, 12 guys that would spend the next three and a half years with him, and who, to whom he would turn over the kingdom of God, he made an interesting sales pitch. <laughs> um, and what would, he, what would he say, what would you say if you're trying to get people to give up their lives for this unique calling? We're going to look at Luke chapter 5, we're going to look at that version. Both Mark and Luke tell the story. Uh, with the, Luke chapter 5, verse 1 says, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, who is Peter also, to push it out in the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. And when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought the partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partner and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. 
from now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. I'm gonna, we're going to watch a little video here because I want you to see there's a reason why Jesus did this miracle this way and then called them to go forward. And if you haven't seen The Chosen, this is a part of The, the Chosen, which sort of gives the best illustration of this story. You know, I made the same call to me, same call to many of you. And if you don't know and you're watching, he's making the same call. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you come from. And I thought, I'm going to just take a moment and pray for you. And if you want to say yes to the call of Jesus today, it's just a simple prayer of your heart. So would you join me and say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came to this earth to die for my sins, to give me life. And I realize that I need a Savior today. So I give my life to you. Please forgive me. And I want to follow after you. And I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. And if that's the first time you've ever prayed that, it's really important that you tell someone. Let them know that you prayed that prayer. The reason I want to show this visually, because Jesus did a visual miracle for them, for Peter and James and John and Andrew, so they would know that if they would cast out their net at the Lord's command, if they would do it God's way, not their own way, that there would be a day that there would be such a multitude of fish that they would catch. Their life and their meaning would be overwhelming when we do it the way of the Father, that they're fishing. And so we know because they started the church, the book of Acts, that millions upon millions of people of fish have come into the kingdom of God because they decided. And so Jesus is talking to these guys. Oh, you know, on, on a side note, too, I don't know if you know this, but The Chosen is actually doing a Christmas special with a new episode about Christmas, and it's in the theaters. It's a special event theater, and um, being a part of the cast, I got a special... Uh, <laughs> we have our own little guild, our, our actor's guild, that's a part of the, part of the cast, and uh, we got in on it right off the bat when they opened it up, and they had just two nights at AMC Theaters, December 1st and 2nd at the time, two shows, one each night. That sold out within 12 hours across the nation. So they've added from December 1st through the 10th, um, and there's still some time frames that are open, I know, during that time. They've had several showings every day. It is a little more expensive than the normal ticket, but um, all the proceeds that they make going to uh, Season 3, to producing Season 3. So if you want to, if you have a chance, look it up. It's in, it's a different way, adamtickets.com, A-T-O-M, like at tickets.com. It's a special event. You can find it um, at Westgate and other, other AMC's um, places. And so I, I just encourage you to go do it. It's going to be a powerful Christmas special. I wanted that visual representation because we understand that if we live our life according to the Lord's plans and we obey Him, that the opportunity for us is significant to see God uh, do the work. The other thing I want you to realize that Matthew says it, or Mark says this. It's an interesting Mark. It's sort of fun. He says, they were casting their nets into the water because they were fishermen, just in case you thought they were, they were accountants or lawyers or something else like that. We just want to make sure. The reason they were casting their nets, and he makes it a point, and there's a reason Mark makes it a point, is because they were just fishermen. They were not anything special in that day. They were ordinary, unschooled, Blue collar, you know, if you've ever watched The Deadliest Catch, those guys. 
And Jesus told them, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. He was recruiting others to follow him. If I was God and I had to make promises to people, <coughs> follow me, I'd say, follow me, and I'll make you really filthy rich. I mean, God has the opportunity to do that. He could do that. That'd be a good sales pitch. Or follow me and I'll make you a, a better spouse, incredible parent, healthy, more organized, no payments, no interest till July 2030, something like that, right? Something that would benefit those who would follow him, who would jump right in. But Jesus makes this incredibly unusual call. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Because to follow Jesus is to fish. He was making his calling very clear and very simple. But it's confusing in practice, isn't it? I'm sure they had no clue when he said, follow me and I'll make fishers of men. No idea what that meant. When they heard the call, they just followed. And I could see just the conversation going on the side and going, I mean, what do you, how do you catch men? Like, what kind of bait do you use? Like, because I preached this sermon in Rocky Point in 2012, and my translator was Gabi Lugo. He's a great young man um, that we, we've been in a relationship for a long time, and he's a uh, Mexican, um, lives in Rocky Point. He's done my translating on several opportunities. The number one rule in, in translating is you don't add anything to what the speaker's saying. <clears throat> like, you don't do that. Like, you don't add your own flavor to it or your own kind, or you sort of repeat what they're saying in the language everybody says. So I'm preaching this message. I go, I don't even know, I don't even know what kind of bait you use for catching fish. And he, he says, tacos de camarones. And I'm like, I knew what that meant, right? He goes, he said, what kind of bait? He said, shrimp tacos is the bait you use for catching men right down in Rocky Point. I go, well, that, that might be good. I might go after a shrimp taco. Um, but like, what do you do? How do you catch men? women and their response was this even in their confusion not not really understanding what it was they left everything and followed after him because they were awestruck by who he was and i love this representation because you just as it's happening you see even the joy of jesus as he's watching this thing happen in their life and so they see the messiah they know he's the savior he's done this miracle and if, and they've left everything and they followed after him um, even though they didn't have a clue. And Peter's response to the miracle was, I'm unworthy. And if you only knew me, if you knew who I was. And Jesus later called the tax collector and some prostitutes and the lame and the sick, and they all became fishers of men. Um, when Jesus called Matthew and the chosen, you see Peter go, you don't know what kind of man that is. And Jesus said, that's the same thing you said about you. And Jesus calls these people into fishing with him. Uh, first meetings are really important. I can tell you the first time I met Judy. She was driving a Phoenix First Assembly of God bus to a youth rally. And I was there with a the youth pastor from Phoenix First. And she comes driving up. And I see her. And I said to the guy, I go, who is that girl? And he's like, oh, we got to get to, you know what I mean? Because there's nothing sexier than a girl driving a school church bus, right? There's nothing behind the, behind the wheel of a, to a youth rally. Um, we'll never forget that moment, that time. 
Um, I remember the first time I met Floyd in person. It was a lunch where I brought Sarah, and we talked about being a missionary, and he spoke to her and told her how to be a missionary. And I can tell you usually in great detail the first time I met certain people, and you can tell it about those who are close to you. And so Jesus' first meeting is so important, they remember. Um, another significant event are people's last words. I know people that can tell you the exact details when a loved one passed on or the last time they saw somebody they loved dearly. Um, Jesus' first words to these men were, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And Jesus has last words to these men. And we see Luke in the book of Acts and Mark. And so don't be confused about these two. It's just one's giving these details and the other. So if you mesh them together, you'll be able to tell what Jesus actually said during that moment. Um, they're just telling different versions of the story that different people heard. So Acts chapter 1, verses 8 through 9, these are the last words Jesus had. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And Luke says, and then he was taken up in a cloud while they were watching and they can no longer see him. Mark says it this way in chapter 16. He gives this part of the story. And then he told them, verse 15, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to hand snakes with safety, and they will drink anything poisonous and won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. <clears throat> and when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in a place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. He opens up by saying, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He ends by saying, I'm giving you all power to go out and do my will and to tell everyone about my love, to share it everywhere, to take the gospel to people because to follow is the fish. <laughs> and I didn't sign up for that. When I came to Christ, maybe you didn't either. It's all kinds of reasons that we came to Christ. The pendulum swings in our lives. Maybe it was a marriage that was crashing. Maybe it was a sickness. Um, maybe you were in financial ruins. There's all kinds of reasons. I came to Christ because I didn't want to go to hell. Amen. And that night when I was at that camp, this pastor, he's a good preacher, was preaching like, if you don't know Jesus tonight, you could die and you would go to hell. And uh, that's back when they did hellfire and brimstone type messages. And I tell you what, I was like, I was a pretty good guy too. I, I mean, I was a, a 14. I really didn't do anything bad in life. Um, and, uh, but anyway, phew, man, I just thought if I go in my cabin tonight, and something bad happens, and I die, I won't get to go to heaven. And so I ran down to the altar and gave my life to Jesus right there. And it was powerful, and it meant everything, and it was personal, and it was real. And I felt just like Peter at the feet of Jesus. And then it wasn't soon right after that that my youth pastor took me aside and said, now let me tell you how to share this with other people. And I learned these scriptures, and I learned the pathway to salvation, and they taught me. And that was like the first thing I was taught by my youth pastor, how to share Jesus with other people. 
Um, there's all kinds of reasons. But something, someone brought you to the right place at the right time, and you decided to follow Jesus. These were fishermen, ordinary, unschooled fishermen. And Peter's reaction is, I'm a messed up man. I love the phrase, follow me, and I will make you. I will turn you into, I will form you and shape you. I will take your life right where it's at and put you in the perfect place and the perfect position to bring life to other people. All your values, everything that means something to you, whether you're Anglo or Hispanic or Native American, whether you have a college degree or you don't have a college degree, whether you're single, married, divorced, broke or rich, have a boyfriend, don't have a boyfriend, don't ever want to have a boyfriend. It doesn't matter the, the factors of your life. I can take you and make you into a fisherman. And um, that's the miracle of God. And you might have said that I didn't really sign up for that, but, but somebody did that for you. Somebody, somebody followed Christ and led you into this place. I remember the first time that I that I got to fish. It was a year later at that same camp. And I brought a friend and we listened to the message. And that night he asked me, he goes, can we go outside and talk a little bit? And he went outside and talked a little bit and the Lord was convicting his heart. And he asked me to pray the prayer of salvation. And I did right there with him. That was the first time. And I got done and it, like the most powerful thing and like I just shouted out, out loud and for joy. And we, we wept and we cried and we hugged and um, one of the leaders there was with us. It's saying to God, if you can use my failures, my successes, my good things and bad that have happened to me, my status in life, my racial makeup, my unique personality, to eternally impact the life of someone's soul, then here I am, Lord, make me a fisher of men. And it's just keeping your eyes open to the situation that God has placed you in like this church being this community, and understanding that to fall after Christ is to fish. I have a new friend. His name is David. And during the mornings now, I go out in my garage. I tinker a little bit. I've been like getting these exercise bikes, and I, I can do things here. Um, I can't just do anything up here. So I'll work on them and do other things in the, in the garage. And David walked by several months ago, and he said hi to me. And David is on the autism spectrum somewhere. I'm not sure where, but um, we, we started a conversation. So he comes by on his way to the park. He goes for a walk, and he always says hello to me. We started striking a friendship. Well, it was one day, it was a bulk trash day. And so I had all these boxes out front from some of the bikes or things I was working on. And he said to me, he goes, I know how to do that. I know how to take boxes out and put them for bulk trash. He goes, in fact, I did 10 all by myself. I'm like, i got to see this. So he takes me around the corner and shows me his house, and sure enough, there's 10 boxes that he took and put out for bulk trash. And she goes, you know what? Next time you have bulk trash, I could help. I go, well, that would be great. He goes, and maybe you could pay me like $10 or, <laughs> or 15 or 20 I go, I think I could do that. And so then he comes by every day, and he goes, okay, it says the same thing every time. Like, we say hi, how are you doing today? And they, don't forget, bulk trash, I'm going to be here. The Wednesday before, bulk trash on Thursday. He's going to be there. So we've done that several times, and I've paid him well for that, and we've struck up a friendship. And then he met, he got to meet my youngest daughter one day. And uh, so now the two things he says is, 
don't forget bulk trash and say hi to your daughter for me, right? And so he said it one day. He goes, say hi to your daughter for me. I go, okay. He goes, and when you say, David said hi, she might go, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And then she'll say hi back to me. And when she says hi back to me, tell her I said hi back to her. I go, David, she has a really serious boyfriend. (laughs) And I think they're going to get married someday. And he goes, okay, well, I'm going to have a girlfriend one day and get married too. I go, I don't doubt that. Um, Today is David's birthday. He's 34. So today afterwards, I got him a card, and he likes the Lakers. We can pray for him. But he likes the Lakers. And so I have a gift certificate in there for the NBA store so he can go on and get a T-shirt or something like that. And I'm convinced that one day at the right time, at the right moment, and I've talked to his mom about him helping me, but the right day at the right time at the right moment, when it's the perfect time, I'm going to be able to tell David about Jesus. You know, and I'm going to be able to say, can I pray for you? And um, I believe that 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 relationship has been put in front of me by Jesus. And to care for him, to be a friend for him, and then show them the way to Jesus. And see, you've been placed <clears throat> in a position. It might be work. It might be where you live. There are all kinds of reasons. You've been placed in a position because Jesus says to follow is to fish. And there are new ways we're going to talk about in this world today that we can be the light to the world. But you have to decide and understand that that's one of the, that was the reason you were called. So you could take what was given to you Eternal salvation, the love of the Father, the sacrifice of Jesus was given to you and passed that on to somebody else. So I'm going to have you stand with me and the worship team's going to come up. <clears throat> and I want you just in your mind to think about a person, if you have somebody like that, and you thought, wow, this was random. Maybe it's not random. <laughs> Maybe that person's there in your life for a reason. And so I'm going to pray for David. And then you can just substitute whoever that is in your mind for this prayer. So, Father, I want to thank you that you put David in my path. And uh, I can see what you see in him. (laughs) He's a special young man who uh, has a great heart to serve and to be a help. So I just pray that you'll give me eyes to see and ears to hear what you're speaking to David. And allow me to speak that into his life. And then, and then, Holy Spirit, I might have my antennas high. So that moment that you give me to be able to share Jesus' love with him, I will do it. I'll respond, and it will bless his heart. And I just pray for that, Lord. I pray for that moment um, where I can share your love with him. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.